Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Yeah, it's a brotherhood. I think a lot of people uh, on the outside looking in don't really understand that how the NFL typically works. Um, Rich Versace last year, our special teams coordinator, he uh, really broke it down for us really, really good. It's not, it's not so much about family, you know, because you got family sometimes. You got a baby, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So <sighs> I'm a military guy, you know, so you wouldn't want to go to war with someone who's not going to shoot their gun. So it's more so about you got to be able to carry your own weight. And if you can carry your own weight, then obviously everybody's going to take care of you. We're going to groom each other. We're going to pull each other along. But at the same time, it takes a certain amount of commitment and you have to be able to abide by a certain set of rules. And here you just got to work hard, be committed, be on time. Everything else take care of itself. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And here we are, Raider Nation. Friday edition of Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Jared Justice is in the in the seat behind the Wheels of Steel sitting in for DeMond Cotton, who just did a fantastic job with Adam Hill, filling in for JT the Brick as JT was out today uh, preparing for the holiday weekend, as many of us are. And uh, remember, just a little side note, let's go ahead and start things off right now with a little programming note. None of us will be around on Monday as it's Labor Day. We'll be observing it. That'll be the last holiday that we really take uh, for the whole football season, right? I mean, it's basically the last holiday weekend that we'll see you in February. <laughs> it's full throttle the whole way through. So uh, Jared's sitting in for DeMond. Again, DeMond did a great job along with Adam Hill. Jared, I definitely appreciate you. Uh, I don't know about your little intro music, though, man. I don't know, man. That wasn't something that got me fired up. You know, I like oh, to get... Oh, you don't like Brotherhood? You don't like Brotherhood? That's I like... thing for you? Hey, man, look, I'm all the Brotherhood I need, right? Ah. I... <laughs> I like to come in with guns blazing, man. I don't know if the guns were blazing on that one. but we'll, All right. <laughs> we'll continue we'll to. We'll see if you like the next couple. Okay, there we go. We'll see if we like the next couple. But I will say I'm going to like the next couple hours here on Radio Nation Radio 920 because we have a lot to get to on today's show. Excited about it. Excited for, to hear from you throughout the course of the show, Radio Nation, at 702-365-9200. Of course, the Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. My man Jared is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio as uh, i got a lot of radio to do today. Uh, you know, when it's, when it's holiday time, when it's vacation time, that means that uh, there's a lot of fill-in work to do. So i got to do uh, this show. Show, which I love to do on the daily, Unnecessary Roughness, you know, 2 to 5 p.m. Then I'm going to double down and be on uh, ESPN from 6 to 10 p.m. this evening on Freddie and Fitzsimmons. And neither Freddie or Fitzsimmons is going to be on the show tonight, but it's cool. We'll but hold it down. You are. You're going to be there. Hey, man, you know, look, I, I got to take the opportunity. working man in sports radio today. Look, I just got to take the opportunities when I can get them, man. I appreciate every opportunity I get. So I'm going to double down. Of course, you can hear uh, hear that show later on this evening. Matter of fact, at our sister station, following Cofield and Company. So uh, there you go, man. We're going to hold it down. We're going to take over the airwaves and head you into the Labor Day weekend the right way. And I'm telling you, I am fired up and excited about the guest lineup that we have coming up on the show today. It's not very often that you you get a couple of former NFL members of the secondary on the show in the same day and guys that played at a very high level for multiple different reasons. And we'll start off at 2.30 with Gerard Cherry, three-time Super Bowl champ Gerard Cherry, that is. Uh, and he won those Super Bowl rings where, Jared? Where did he win those Super Bowl rings? I just want to quiz you off top. Uh, I have no idea. 
Well, if he won three Super Bowl rings, there's a good chance he was, he was with the Patriots. Patriots. There you go. If you put two and two together and realize the theme of the show and where Robert I'm going with Ori, this. Robert Ory <laughs> has destroyed my mind. <laughs> I'm not mad at you, but Gerard Cherry will join the show coming up at 2.30, and he is a three-time Super Bowl champ with the New England Patriots. He also actually spent a little bit of time in camp with the Raiders uh, back in, what, 2000? Uh, he was uh, in, uh, on the practice squad in camp and didn't make it there. He was originally drafted by the Saints, uh, second-round pick, as a matter of fact, uh, was with the, like I said, with the Raiders for a quick cup of coffee, with the Eagles for a quick cup of coffee, and then all of a sudden, boom, it clicked. And it clicked with the New England Patriots. He was a big-time core special teamer and ended up winning three Super Bowl rings uh, with New England before retiring in 2004. So uh, the reason we'll have him on is, one, when you can get a Super Bowl champion on, why not, right? He was a strong safety coming out of high school and college and, oh, by the way, was uh, at Berkeley, Berkeley High, and went to Cal Berkeley as well. So uh, going to be very blessed to have Gerard Cherry on the show uh, just to talk all things, you know, kind of the New England Patriot way of, of working because, again, he was drafted by the Saints, spent a cup of coffee with the Raiders and the Eagles, and then got to New England. So what was different? What was different about the, you know, just the, the culture of, of all those different teams? You know, what all of a sudden allowed him to make it click? And we think about the current state of the Raiders roster. We think about the current state of the 53 men where there's four undrafted free agents. There's also another guy, DJ Turner, that was an undrafted free agent just a year ago and realized that just like Josh McDaniel said the other day, it doesn't matter how you got to the NFL. It's about what you do once you get to the NFL. Now, again, Gerard wasn't an undrafted free agent. He was a second-round pick, but he had to bounce around the league before he stuck. So, again, it's about opportunity, and that's something we've been talking about throughout the course of the offseason, training camp, and all that good stuff. We've been talking nothing but opportunity and what you do with that opportunity. And I, I automatically think about Jermaine Illuminor, who right now we all <laughs> believe is in line for the right tackle position, right? He's a guy that flamed out in Baltimore. He's a guy that flamed out in New England, flamed out with the Raiders a season ago, and now has an opportunity. And, look, I don't know if he's going to be the starting right tackle. I don't. But I know that what he's done so far in camp in the preseason has warranted himself, one, a spot on the roster and an opportunity. Again, going back to that O word, opportunity. So Gerard Cherry will join us at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, Nick Shook from NFL Network. He'll join us to talk all things just NFL. We'll talk about the Raiders. Me and Nick actually met in Canton, Ohio at the Hall of Fame game, sat right next to each other, and we talked about what he saw from the Raiders. We had him on the show the very next day, talking about what he saw from the Raiders in preseason game number one, and what have the Raiders done since then? Well, they just went on to win three more preseason games. Again, I know the wins and losses don't matter. You can't take them into the regular season, but the habits do matter. The habits matter, and the habits that the Raiders formed during the preseason, very little penalties, no turnovers, didn't shoot themselves in the foot, and they went on to win all four games in the preseason. So I want to get that update from Nick. Okay, after four preseason games, after the 53-man roster has been established, what now do you think of this upcoming team, this upcoming year for the Silver and Black? Where does he think that they stand? So Nick Shook will join the show. He's a really good dude, a really good guest. He'll join us at 3 o'clock. And then I mentioned DBs, right? And you know how I feel. Anyone has been listening to the show for a while, listening to the podcast, or just hangs out with me in general knows DBs win games. And so uh, Mark McMillan, he'll join us at 3.30 from Alabama. You know, big-time player in the NFL with Kansas City and with the Philadelphia Eagles. Good friend with Eric Allen. Every time I see those two get together at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, it's just looking at – it's like looking at a couple kids, man, back together hanging out. So uh, Mark McMillan will join the show to talk all things secondary. We'll talk about Nate Hobbs. 
what my expectations are for him this year, what his expectations are for him this year, because, uh, you know, the Raiders secondary, the room looks different. You know, Adam Hill was just on filling in for JT and had Paul Gutierrez on from ESPN, and Paul, one of his big points was, hey, that secondary room is completely revamped. You know, your two best defensive backs that you had going into training camp are not there. And obviously, Casey Hayward walked in free agency, so he wasn't there to begin with. But Trayvon Mullen, who was on the pub list, has been traded to Arizona. I'm expecting big things from Nate Hobbs. Who's the other guy going to be? Is it going to be Anthony Averett? It could be. You know, he's a guy that we didn't see a whole lot of in training camp because he was injured, but obviously they felt pretty comfortable with him. Is it going to be Rocky Asin, who they traded for with uh, Indianapolis? Of course, I believe he's going to get the first opportunity. But who's all going to step up, right? Who's all going to be those guys and so I'm, I'm excited about the secondary with the the opportunity they have of course they have undrafted free agent Sam Webb where does he factor into the mix here you know this there's, there's a lot of unknown but I feel like there's a lot of guys that have talent in that room and I know that the secondary was something that I was pretty concerned about heading into training camp and I remember Vinny kept telling me like ah I'm not really too concerned about the secondary queue and I kept looking at him like why you know and I, I kept thinking that there was a reason to be pretty concerned but he stood he stood pretty steadfast like nah I think that the secondary is going to be okay and honestly right now I feel like maybe it's fool's gold maybe I'm looking between the the lenses of silver and black glasses I don't know but I feel like the secondary is going to be all right too maybe that has a lot to do with the defensive line and I think they're going to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback which makes the guys have to cover less but Either way you look at it, I feel a little bit better about that secondary. So we'll talk to Mark McMillan coming up at 3.30 at 4 o'clock. Meant to get to it yesterday on the show, and we just ran out of time. Uh, Phil Villapiano, you'll hear that conversation that we had at Allegiant Stadium on uh, last Friday, as a matter of fact, uh, around this time. Well, about, actually about an hour. It was about 3 o'clock last Friday we had a chance to catch up with, with Foo. So you'll hear that conversation, us hanging out at the Wind Club right before the game, the Raiders and Patriots preseason game number four. So we will play that for you, and you'll hear that at 4 o'clock. Then we'll close things out. My good friend returns to the show, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. Uh, he's the guy that's going to help you put a little extra money in your pocket and full disclosure i do a podcast with him every single day monday through friday called locked on bets and uh so we've formed a really good relationship over the last year and a half almost two years that we've been doing this show so we're going to talk all things college football as man it's college football time right we saw a lot of games last night we're going to see a lot of really good games this upcoming weekend and when i'm talking to lee at 4 30 i'm talking about some big time games like georgia and oregon that's going to be a really good one. Uh, let's see, what else can we talk about? How about Ohio State, Notre Dame? That'll be a really good one. LSU, Florida State. I mean, we ain't talking about no little, you know, no little pushover games. We're talking about some real deal household names that we'll be talking with Lee Sterling coming up at 4.30. Of course, I'll ask him about UNLV as well, what he thinks about the Rebels who are off to a 1-0 start after beating the brakes off of Idaho State. So we'll have that conversation with Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com coming up at 4.30. So, as you can tell, we are locked and loaded on the show. We have plenty to get to, and Raider Nation, we don't have a show without you. So I want to hear from you throughout the course of the show, 702-365-9200 and 69187, keyword R&R. Matter of fact, now that uh, you've known the guests that, got, that we have coming up, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And before we even get into the opening drive, I got to go immediately to the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. &R and ah! 
Yeah, Jared, you knew this was coming. Raider Nation expects I, a lot yeah, more, man. I got hit twice. I got hit twice very quickly. I think you've got hit actually three times so oh. far. Oh, so, dude, I got hit three times. Three times. You got three shots fired your way. Most guys can't survive three shots, right? I mean, hey, look, I need you to stick around for three What's hours. A, hold on. What, it, it, the production was good. It just didn't have energy. Let's well, let's 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 let let's not hate on the production. That's like saying, Jared. That's like saying, look, my plan to rob the bank was really good, but my execution was poor. You still yeah. got caught. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't count for anything. You're still going to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Go immediately to jail. I, okay. I used a song called Brotherhood with a t with a piece of sound about brotherhood. I I thought you and I I thought you and I had something going. I thought we were going to talk about brotherhood. I mean, that was just you trying to be too cute. That's all. That's, that was you trying to be too cute. Yeah, but you know it. Let me get to the Salmon Ass text line real quick. Geese Mode hit us up a couple times. I don't know about Guns Blazing, but Jared's intro had me ready to sing Kumbaya. That's the first one. Boom. Geese Mode also said Jared battling batting 0 so far today. LOL. So, boom. Boom. Another shot. And then Sir Whiskey Ray. Q. Was that an opening type of music for today's show? Seriously? Not cool. We're falling asleep here. Please play some Wake Me Up hype music. Sincerely, grocery store music, dentist office music, and One Direction. Boom, boom, boom. Sir Whiskey Ray is firing shots. Yeah, now I'm really afraid you're going to hate the rejoin music. Well, you I might not want to use it then. <laughs> you might want to use something that's already put in there. I'm just saying. You might want to go with what's been working for, you, for, uh, for quite a while now. I'm just going to throw it out there. But let's go ahead and... And, and and keep the party rolling. We'll get back to your, your lack of musical uh, taste when it comes to whatever the hell you're working on. But I'm, I'm not mad at you. You're doing yeoman's work. You've been at the radio station all morning, so you've been working really hard, so I, I can't take that from you. But earlier today, I was actually on a, on a AFC West kind of conference podcast slash, you know, just conversation, and we were breaking down the AFC West. And one of the questions that was asked to me in the Raider Nation, I want to throw this out there to you because uh, I found it to be a pretty good question, and, and I had a lot of different thoughts in my mind. And for the sake of not trying to dominate the whole show that I was trying that I was on, because there was you know someone representing the Broncos, someone representing the Chiefs, and someone representing the Chargers as well, and I I, I could have just gone and ran on with the conversation for a very long time. I just thought I would be selective. The question that was asked to me is, what would you consider to be the most intriguing storyline surrounding the Raiders this upcoming season? So that's the question that I want to pose to you. I actually have a couple questions for, for the show, but that's the one that I really think is an interesting one because my mind immediately went about three or four different ways. And part of that is, you know, the ADD. Uh, the other part of it is just me, right? Because I feel like there's plenty of storylines when it comes to the silver and black. So what would you consider, in your mind, to be the most intriguing storyline surrounding the Raiders this upcoming season? A lot of people are going to immediately go to the big uglies up front, right? They're going to say, oh, the offensive line and how does it come together? That's where immediately a lot of people are going to go to, and I think when that question was even asked to me, I think that was even mentioned, like, is it, is it got to be the offensive line? And that, yeah, I mean, I could say that. I could say offensive line, but... I think it's a little bit more than that, and I'll explain what I mean in a minute. But, Jared, what do you got? Six running backs. That's the part that's going to be, like, who's the guy? How do they use them? That's the part that's fascinating to me is you got a bunch of different running backs. All of them have different skills. Right. Every single one of them and has I think that's the beautiful a different thing of it. set of skills. 
Who's getting used week to week? Well, like, I think I, 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 you know what. Genuinely confused. I'm glad you said that because I think that that's the concept. I think that the concept is so you just don't have a good idea of who's going to be used week to week. What I do know about Josh McDaniels is he's one of those guys that has a blueprint of what he's going to do, and then if that blueprint he doesn't feel like is going to work, he'll implement blueprint number two, three, or four that he has in his back pocket, and we saw that. In playoff games, we've seen that in Super Bowl games. We saw the Atlanta Falcons beating the brakes off the Patriots. And then all of a sudden, Josh McDaniels goes back to the other blueprint and says, you know what, let's implement this, and it works. So I think, to your point, with all those different running backs, you'll see weeks where maybe Amir Abdullah won't be active. You know, but then there'll be a heavy Josh Jacobs and Zamir White day. Or maybe there'll be a day when Josh Jacobs isn't playing, but then Zamir White and Britton Brown is playing. Maybe there's a heavy... Focusing on Brandon Bolden, a lot of receiving the ball out of the backfield. Maybe you'll see a day, and I'm not saying that I know this because I don't. This is all gut feeling. Maybe there's a game where Brandon Bolden and Amir Abdullah are like the one-two punch, right? I mean, you just don't know. Have no idea. And I think that that's a good thing. I think not knowing because Raider Nation and anyone who can call in at 702-365-9200 will tell you there's been too many times where everything is so predictable. Predictable, predictable, predictable. Everyone in Raider Nation knew what was coming. Oh, this is what's going to happen on first down. This is what's going to happen on second down. Oh, it's third and three. I know what's happening on this play. I mean, it, was, it became so predictable that it, 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 it was almost nauseating. So I think the fact that the biggest question you have is who in the hell is going to be running the ball is a great question. That's a great problem. It's a great problem that there's only one guy that has the answer to. And luckily for the Raiders, that one guy with the answer is at the Raiders facility working on the game plan right now in Joshua Daniels. I, I think that that's a great thing. Now, one of my biggest storylines has to do with the, with the guy on the sideline. You know, I think, I think Joshua Daniels is, is a, a great storyline. You know, uh, again, we can always go to the offensive line and be, you know, I don't want to say simple, but that's the big, the big elephant in the room. We get that. We can always say, you know, hey, how quickly could Derek Carr and Devontae Adams get on the same page? But I think how – does Josh McDaniels utilize his weapons in the red zone? That's the biggest storyline for me. I know the Raiders could move the ball between the 20s. We saw that. John Gruden had him moving the ball between the 20s. I have no doubt that they could dominate between the 20s. What happens when they get into the red zone? What happens when they get into winning time zone? That's what I want to see, and I want to see how Josh McDaniels utilizes all the weapons he has. I don't think it's going to be just I don't think it's going to be just one weapon. I don't think it's going to be oh okay, you're in the red zone, shoot the Devontae Adams or right, try to target Darren Waller, look for Hunter Renfro. I, I, I there's so many different options. What I feel comfortable with saying is I don't think it's going to be hey, let's swing Josh Jacobs out of the backfield, throw it to him on the sideline and hope that he can shake three or four tackles and get to the end zone for a 9-yard uh, touchdown catch and run. And not saying he can't. Maybe that'll be a plan once in a while. But it won't be something that we saw all the time. Jim Plunkett, I swear to you, used to say every Monday when he joined the show, following a game, there's just not enough throwing the ball into the end zone for me. There's too much east and west. There's not enough north and south. I want to see the ball thrown into the end zone. And I get it. There, there's, other way, there's plenty of ways to skin a cat. But, man, I'd like to see the, you know what they say, the, the quickest uh, – the quickest trip to, from point A to point B is a straight line. I'd like to see some north and south. I'd like to see Derek Carr step back a couple steps and fire that thing in there to Darren Waller or throw that thing, that fade up to Darren Waller or even Mac Hollins. I just think there's, a, there's so many weapons, and this is where a guy like Amir Abdullah might come in, in a factor, right? 
You can get him, get him the ball in space, and that dude got some wiggle to him. Brandon Bolden. I mean, there's a lot of different options. So my most intriguing storyline for the Silver and Black in 2022, how does Josh McDaniels use his weapons in the red zone? 702-365-9200. Let's start things off with my guy, Brother Marquise in the 305 Red Miami one time. Brother Marquise, what's up, my man? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, brother? I know it's two days in a row, man, but I, as something popped up, man, I had to bring it up to you. So um, I recently had my mind blown on how I look at the game of football. You know, the trend is going in NFL. Usually in the NBA, you two have three great players, and you know you're making the finals. You know, I'm going to contend now that in the NFL – if you have five, uh, five players that are arguably top five of the position and good coaching, then you're, you might as well write your ticket to, to a college championship game. You know, you look at teams like the, what the Rams have done, obviously. But not only that, the Bucks the same way. The Chiefs, if you think about it, the Chiefs over this time have done the same thing with Tyreek Hill, Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, you know, Mahomes and Kelsey. Nobody else in that roster ain't worth salt. You know, right. but if, they, if you have those five guys – and a great coach, it doesn't matter what else you have around you. So I'm not worrying about offensive line nothing else because I feel like you already got at least three. And if the other two, if you can get one or two that, that get to that elite level this year, then you might as well punch your ticket. You're going to be right there competing for a Super Bowl. Okay, good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you for the call, my man. It's always good to hear from you. And coaching matters. That's the thing. Coaching matters and, and big-time players matter. That's why the Rams go out of their way to make sure that, they, uh, to make sure that they, they, they bring in the quality players. Because if you have the coaching and you have the players, you can get it done. But you've gotta, they've got to work together. So I, I like what you're saying. Of course, they've got to go out there and win the games. You know, you could have all the talented dudes in the world. Uh, what was it? Who was it that said, uh, was it Vince Evans? Not Vince Evans, excuse me. That's old school Raider quarterback. Uh, Vince Young, jeez. Vince Young said that the Eagles had the dream team that, that year, and you saw how quickly that dream turned to a nightmare. It, it wasn't all that. So, And they had some damn good players, including Namdi Asamoa, who was never the same once he left the silver and black. But thank you so much for that call. Uh, let's get one more in. Let's get a call in from Raider Evan. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Hey, Q, love your show. Appreciate the time. Uh, Gutierrez's last uh, show got me fired up uh, with some of his <laughs> ill-informed takes. Um, just a couple of things. I think our regime is playing chess. Other teams are playing checkers. The reason why we have six running backs is because Josh Jacobs may not be uh, here next year, and uh, they love Britton Brown. They know if re they released him, he would have been gobbled up in a New York second. So I think it was smart. He looked great in the preseason. Um, a couple of other things. Uh, you know, I'm a horse player. And when a horse continuously wins close games, that's called a winning spirit. That means they know how to win. The Raiders, uh, these, these gamblers or whatever they're saying, because they won so many close games last year, that's a weakness. That's actually a strength. That's stupid to me. This year, they're a much better team. Last year, they talk about the offensive line. I gave the statistic last uh, show. The last three games, the Raiders averaged 140 yards right. in the running game against yep. three playoff teams. That's really, really terrific offensive line play their weakest link is gone this offensive line is descending as our regime said uh they played together for a lot of uh, for at least two years now most of these guys and i think parham's going to be a really big stud i think this offensive line is going to be a top 15 offensive line or better and the most intriguing storyline to me is um uh, what's the media going to say when uh, Devontae Adams has a better year under Carr with Carr than he did with Aaron Rodgers? What are they going to say then? So I love your show. I appreciate the time, and uh, go get him, Q. Hey, right, great call, my man, great call. And, yeah, I mean, that's uh, it's funny. I've heard people say, well, the Raiders' offensive line wasn't 
like all that last year, and they were able to win 10 games. And I agree with that 100%. It's funny that that call that I was on uh, earlier this morning uh, talking about the AFC West, like they, they were pretty much having their way with the Raiders and, you know, Joshua Daniels, like what he did in Denver. And, of course, there was a Denver guy on, so that's fine. Oh, man, he had not do this. The Charger guy, the Charger's going to win the AFC West. You know, they were all high and mighty, and I just sat back, man. I just sat back and chilled and relaxed. It was all right. I, you know, I poked a couple holes in their, their questions and their, their statements. Like the Kansas City Chief guy, for example, told me that, you know, the Chiefs wide receiving room is better now than it was with Tyreek Hill. I don't agree with that. but I, So I asked him, who's your number one? And he told me Juju Smith-Schuster, and I said, when has he ever been a number one? Well, Travis Kelsey's the number one. I said, okay, well, that, it, it took you two times to answer that question, but that's cool. So, you know, it's, I, like to, I, like, I, don't, I don't like to go out there and be all braggadocious until I see it. I think this team is going to be really good, but we have to see it, right? I mean, the Chiefs, they earned the right to have a little, a little swagger to them because they won it so many damn times. The Chargers, I don't think that they should be riding anyone's high horse right now because they ain't done a damn thing, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and as far as, uh, you know, Denver goes, the Raiders have had their way with the Broncos for the past couple yeah. seasons. So, I mean, Russell Wilson's there, but he's got to go out there and prove it. You know, and I, matter of fact, the Bronco dude was talking about, let's ride, let's ride. And I said, man, go sit your ass in the corner. You know, like, I, that's a, man, you can't, you can't make, I can't take you seriously, man. If you're up here talking about less ride, less ride, you ain't Russell Wilson, man. You covering the team, homeboy. So, anyway, that's, that's just, that was my, uh, that was my juice for earlier today. So, that got me a little fired up. But uh, I, I, I played it cool, man. I played it cool. I relaxed about it and thought, okay, we'll see what the offensive line looks like. I think that Josh McDaniels has a good idea of what he's working with and understands what he can and what he can't do. So we'll see. But, again, I, I have to see it on the, on the field. Um, you know, as far as Devontae Adams and, and if he has a better season with Carr than he did with Rodgers, that's fantastic. I don't think statistically he will because he's got more weapons. Uh, Carr, that is, has more weapons than, than Rodgers had, and he'll be able to spread the ball around. Now, they're going to get the rock to Devontae Adams. Please believe that. You know, they're not going to shy away from be like, well, we got to spread the ball around. Nah, but I just know that with all the weapons that are on the team, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to eat. And I think Devontae Adams, and I can't speak for him, but I think that he'd rather be on a team where he believes he could win and make a deep run in the playoffs than just get all the stats in the world and say, man, that's a really good wide receiver. But, you know, they get to the playoffs and they get kicked out the first round or the second round because their special teams unit sucks. You know, I mean, I just, I just throwing it out there. So I think that he don't mind taking a little bit of a hit on stats to have a, a hit when it comes to winning. But that's just me. So uh, we'll get to, back to more of your calls and texts in just a little bit. Of course, 702-365-9200. That is the Raider Nation listener line. Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R, because you deserve what's right. What would you consider to be the most intriguing storyline surrounding the Raiders this upcoming season? Coming up next, Gerard Cherry, three-time Super Bowl champ. He also works for ESPN Cleveland. He'll join the show. This is Raider Nation Radio. 920. 2.31 is the time. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. My man Jared, behind the wheels of steel, your boy Q. And right now, join us on the phone lines. Three-time Super Bowl champ, member of ESPN Cleveland right now is Gerard Cherry. And Gerard, thank you so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I appreciate you. And before we really get into any deep conversation about the NFL, what did you think about the, the, the college football playoffs being expanded to 12 teams as opposed to the four? Well, the funny thing about it was I had a conversation from Max 
game day and we talked to one of the commissioners about this idea and concept of expansion, and he alluded to the idea that it was going to happen. He didn't make it known that it was going to be soon, that it was a probable one, so I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, I mean, and at the end of the day, it's all about money, right? <laughs> it's all about money. <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> They're going to get that. So I wanted to ask you, because you're a guy that went to high school on the West Coast, you went to college on the West Coast, Berkeley representing both of them. I can appreciate that. Uh, when you were coming up in the NFL, did you, or before the NFL, when you were coming up in high school and college, were you a Raider fan or were you just an NFL fan or another team? Funny story with the Raiders. So I moved to California from North Carolina, and as soon as I landed there, the Raiders bounced and went to L.A. I'm like, well, forget it, then I'll be a Niners fan, because <laughs> I literally lived in Oakland, so I was like, what's going on here? So I occasionally rooted for them, and I had a short stint with them in the offseason as well, so I had some love for the Raiders, but if I'm going to be real and keep it 100, I definitely was a bigger 49ers fan. No, no, hey, nothing wrong with that. Again, like you said, they they bounced, and I remember being in the Bay at the same time, and uh, that's how a lot of the Bay Area felt. Like, wait a minute, hold on. So now they're here in Las Vegas. Everything is, uh, you know, everything is looking really good with the stadium, with the facilities, and doesn't look like there's going to be anywhere any movement anytime soon. But I really wanted to talk to you about your time with New England. You're a three-time Super Bowl champ, and that's something, you know, and, and you bounced around the league a little bit. Like you mentioned, you had a little, like, cup of coffee with the, the Raiders, the Eagles. You know, the Saints drafted you. What was different when you got to New England? What was it about that culture when you got to the Patriots? It was just really a team that was about the team, and that's the hardest thing to manufacture is getting by the concept and the idea that the team comes first and foremost as opposed to your personal wishes and aspirations and everything else that entails you getting paid more money and having great success and one day getting that gold jacket and having that busting can. And for Patriots, when I got there, I had at that point been in the league, I believe, five years, going on my sixth year, and I can recall calling my agent and saying the following, man, this is probably one of the best teams I've ever been around because dudes just had a sense of camaraderie about them that you can sense it and feel that I'd never felt before. Because in New Orleans, it's like, man, every man for himself. <laughs> and even with the Raiders, though, I must say we had a good squad, too. But obviously, I didn't experience the full force of that because I left. Right. Talking right now with Gerard Cherry here on NSA Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, and he's a three-time Super Bowl champ. Eddie earned those rings with the with the New England Patriots. And so one of the things that I noticed since Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler and company have taken over this team is the attention to detail. And I believe that Josh McDaniels was there with you in New England, but he was on the defensive side of things when you were there. What, what did you notice from Josh even early on? <laughs> so Josh was at the bottom of the barrel for his as far as what you would say, what his sense of status. Yeah. He was basically the guy that cut up tape, would go get coffee, go get food, and everything else, and we would make fun of him because he had his high-pitched voice. But even then, you could see he was a good dude, hard-working, and he was willing to pay the price. And the price that you had to pay for Bill Belichick was you were required to put in 18 and sometimes 26 hours in a 24-hour day, and he was willing to do it. That's funny. That is funny. So now he's all of a sudden the head coach of the Silver and Black. Obviously, he was with the Patriots for a very long time. He had a stint in Denver as the head coach, but that was a long time ago, and it really didn't work out. How do you think coaches change and evolve from like he was in Denver to where he is now as a, a second-time head coach? Well, I think he's received more respect because he's been doing it for a longer time. And when he went to Denver, the perception was, hey, man, 
You're Bill Belichick's understudy. You cannot come in this locker room acting like you're Bill Belichick. Where are your head coach rings at for a Super Bowl? Are you regarded as one of the best coordinators to ever do this? He didn't have that, but he went there with that tact and that attitude, and obviously he and Jay Cutler didn't work out, and that's the first thing he tried to establish was his idea that I'm the boss, and Jay wasn't feeling it. But here's the cool thing about what's going to take place with the Raiders, in my opinion. Derek Carr is an excellent human being, in my opinion. And he and Josh have a similar faith, and I think on that alone, they will just simply get along extremely well, and they'll be in a state to where that relationship will be the best thing going. Because in my opinion, the most important relationship in a, on a football team is the head coach slash quarterback relationship. And because they have similar affinities with their faith, I believe that's going to work out big time for them to relate. When you see what Josh McDaniels has done as an offensive coordinator, been able to push the right buttons no matter who's really on the roster, and then you look and see the roster that the Raiders have with Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro, in it for you know example, just three of the guys, what do you think he could do with those guys? Oh, with that type of talent, the sky's the limit for what he could do. And he has a quarterback and car that's experienced and can get the ball to those guys. So Josh is very – very good at setting plays up and getting guys in a position to succeed. So they're going to really love the fact that he puts a lot of thought into it, and he's very methodical, but not a negative way, but about setting guys up. And ultimately, at the end of the day with football, it's about creating mismatches. And unfortunately for the Raiders, you have guys that can actually do that with Adams and Renfro represent, as well as Darren. So it's a great place to be in as far as what he's going to do, and I'm pretty sure he's salivating at the fact that, hey, Ben, Unlike in New England, for the past few years, other than the quarterback spot, I have a situation where I truly have talented guys at the skill position on offense who can make plays for me, and I can dream up things, and they more likely can execute and get the job done. Talking to, to the three-time Super Bowl champ, Gerard Cherry, right now on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And, you know, it's, it's funny. They have four guys currently on the 53-man roster that were all undrafted free agents, and they made the 53. And then they have a guy from last year that was an undrafted free agent who also made the 53. So, I mean, these guys worked their tails off at training camp to, to make the roster. How much of, uh, like, a New England feel does that, does that give you when you hear that these guys that just worked from – you know, from getting to camp to being on the 53, how much does that does that relate to you? Oh, that re- re- relates tremendously because what that speaks to is this idea that, hey, these guys were counted out, but what did they do? They paid the price. These guys are that pleasant surprise. But more importantly, these guys will instill a culture where they won't take anything for granted. And that's one of the hardest parts, especially in today's game, where when you say you made it, obviously the money is bigger than when I played, <laughs> but you get this sense of entitlement about you, and that's an unfortunate thing. So when you bring guys in who come the hard route, which is every day they have to earn it because they're undrafted free agents, it just sets a tempo within the camp and within the organization, and more important, the culture of we're grinders. We're guys who are going to go after it and get after it, and we're going to bring guys in who fit that mold. So when you have that four guys who are undrafted making a squad who actually deserve it, that speaks to me that this idea that we're putting the culture about we're grinders, and we're going to make it happen. And I wanted to ask you, because you played the safety position, I wanted to ask you about Jerron Harmon, who spent a lot of time in New England. Uh, he was a guy that created a bunch of turnovers, and it's not easy to create turnovers in the league, as you know, but uh, for a guy like that who just creates turnovers, what's the mentality got to be? Uh, the mentality has to be I practice it, and then when I get on the football field on Sundays, I go out there and make it happen, and I'm doing things to help my team win. And I'm not surprised Josh would bring a guy from New England over to help do what? establish the mindset 
of the culture and what it's going to look like on the defensive end. Because getting those turnovers, they're pivotal. I mean, we could talk about analytics and what that represents, but we all know that if you turn the ball over and you got a guy who's an enforcer that when he's on the football field, that that, that stat goes up of forced turnovers, you want him on your squad because the more that you're going to have the ball on the offensive side, it's going to yield success. So it does not surprise me if he's there. And at the same time, that speaks once again to what I said earlier. Grinders. When I was in with New England, we didn't have the most talented roster, but what we had was guys who would outwork you, outhit you, outstudy you, and simply outplay you. And when we stepped on the field, we knew you really had you beat already on the simple fact of how you came out the tunnel. Like, look at these dudes, man. They ain't for real. And we would know it. We could sit to the feeling. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Again, we're talking with Gerard Cherry here on Radio Nation Radio 920. You know, and the thing about beating the guys before you even hit the field, one thing that Josh McDaniels and company has really emphasized is not beating yourselves. Like, they had to teach the Raiders so far to, to you know, learn how not to lose as opposed to even being coached up to win. How critical is that not beating yourself? Extremely important. And think about it, Raider Nation. You're known for what? We take pride in the fact that we're the most penalized team. Right. No, you don't want to do that. How many times have the Raiders hurt themselves because of that being sponsored by the powers that be up top and at the bottom of this idea that you're a tough guy because you get a, a penalty? No, it's bonehead. It's not smart. So it's bringing a guy in who's going to change that mentality that, hey, this is the Raider way of getting unnecessary penalties is a beautiful thing. So I'm not surprised that he's making that move because when you analyze the Raiders, historically speaking, that's what you point to, like, guess what, guys? They're talented squad, but you know what they're going to do. They're going to beat themselves eventually because they take pride in doing dumb things. Right. No, you're right about that. It's been something that I've noticed in a major way. And, look, I mean, you know what the preseason's all about. They played four games this, this preseason, and they had no turnovers, and they really had none of their starters playing, but very little penalties and no turnovers. What does that tell you about this team and the discipline that they have? That tells me that they're getting disciplined and they're getting coached up. And here's the thing, too. you got two guys running the show that are from Ohio, and I live in Ohio. Ohio is about eat, drink, sleep, football. As a matter of fact, where Josh is from, you know what they do? They give kids football to their boys in, their, in, their, in the nursery. They give them football. <laughs> That's how serious they are about football around here. So, man, it doesn't surprise me because the basics speak to that idea that, hey, you can't beat yourself. And that's another thing that Bill, I'm pretty sure, because I can, I can hear his voice in my head right now, saying, don't beat yourself. Don't beat yourself. And Josh picked that up. And it's a smart thing. Why give away three yards in the process of penalties and why turn the ball over? If you can control your own fate, it's already hard enough to win a football game. Why give it over? Right. Turn it over. No doubt. No doubt about it. Gerard, before we let you go, I mentioned that you're at ESPN Cleveland. You're on the, the Browns, uh, you know, the, the radio broadcast. We're going to be doing some work with ESPN uh, coming up pretty soon. I'm excited about that. But, um, you know, how is everyone taking, you know, everything going on with Deshaun Watson and the suspension? Is it the Jacoby Brissett show as far as you're concerned? It is certainly the Jacoby Brissett show for the time being. But believe me when I tell you, we're counting down the days until Deshaun, a week rather, in this case, until he comes back. And we'll see, man, because we got the first game of the season against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield is on that roster now for the Panthers, and he said some little sideways things, but he's denying it. He said them, but we'll let that speak for itself. So, <laughs> now, it's exciting times around here in Cleveland. And we just got Diamond Mitchell for the Cavaliers, so you can't tell us nothing right now. 
I know that's right. I know that's right. Man, I'll tell you, when I was out there for the Hall of Fame and uh, just being able to be out there and see the Hall of Fame game and just drive around the city and everything, and uh, everyone's excited, man, and fired up in the area, of course, Deshaun Watson. They're not going to see him on the field for a while, but still pretty pumped up about what he brings to the table and what it could look like there in Cleveland. So, uh, man, it, it should be fun for you, and I know you'll do a great job on the broadcast, man. I do appreciate you. I uh, appreciate you as well, man. Looking forward to working with you, and we are going to have some fun. Yes, yes, sir. Thank you so much. There he goes, the three-time Super Bowl champ right there, Gerard Cherry, won those Super Bowls with the New England Patriots. And as you heard him say, Jared, you can, he can hear Bill Belichick's voice in his head, don't beat yourself, don't beat yourself, don't beat yourself. Do your so. job. Yeah, exactly. As, as much as we get tired of hearing that, do your job. Don't beat yourself. Don't have like we we laugh at it, joke at it, but it's the realest thing you could ever say, and it's so simple. Just do your job. Simple as that. Two forty-four is the time. Many thanks to Gerard. We definitely appreciate him. We're gonna get back to some calls and texts as we close out hour number one. What would you consider to be the most intriguing storyline surrounding the Raiders this upcoming season? Let us know about it. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred in the Salmon S text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. This is Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. 2.49 is the time. Unnecessary roughness. Radio Nation Radio 920. Many thanks to Gerard Cherry, the three-time Super Bowl champ, joined us in the last segment. He said we used to make fun of Josh McDaniels because he was so low on the totem pole. That's pretty funny. Good little nuggets right there from Gerard. Been asking the question, what would you consider to be the most intriguing storyline surrounding the Raiders this upcoming season? Want to hear from you. Coming up at the top of the hour, Nick Shook from the NFL Network will join us to talk all things NFL, talk about the Raiders as well. But want to hear from you. 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. This is Sam and Ash text line. Let's go out to the phone lines, talk to a very patient. Raider Mike, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? My boy Q. What's up, bro? Chilling, man. Anyway, finally, 100 degree, 95% humidity is finally leaving Florida. So I can start thinking again. Anyway, what I really want to get into, opening day on in uh I can't say San Diego. L.A.? So F, stadium, whatever they call that <laughs> place. How do you not let Gorilla in? Gorilla, Rilla. I've been right. talking to him all day. I'm like, wait, wait, really? You want to fire up the nation more than anything you can do? Don't let Violator in. Don't let Gorilla, Rilla in your stadium. Especially when we own that stadium. There are so many more Raider fans than Choker fans in L.A., and it will remain that way until me and you are in our graves. That's just the way it is. Why did N.W.A. sport our gear? It's because it looks cool. You're in your powder blue clown colors like Denver has, blue and orange. We ain't buying it, bro. I suggest L.A., San Diego, wherever you're at, you better let the real in. You better let them in. Or you're just going to fire us up more than we already are. We're going to smack you around that day. Don't matter if you let them in or not. But if you don't, it's going to be like a blowout. You Just don't piss off the nation. We will come hard at you. Biggest story, though, other than that, Q, you got to tell me. We have to find the right tackle. I'm sorry. Okay. We got what? 1,500 players have been shook out on cuts. You still got Daryl Williams out there. You know, yep. we got 20 million left to play with on the cap. 
pull the trigger, man. It's that's vital. I mean, Colton's going to protect DC all year on that left side, but if you have a hole at DC, our competition is going to capitalize. Just the way it is. So anyway, fix the problem, Josh. I'm sure you and Ziggy got a plan to get that done. Anyway, love the show, Q. Raiders! There he goes, Raider Mike. Thanks for the call, my man. And, yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I look at the offensive line, the right tackle position, obviously, and say, okay, there's there's a there's an issue there. But I, I kind of, and maybe this is foolish, I, I kind of feel like that they have an idea of what they're doing, right? I mean, just because I've I've liked the moves that I've seen from them so far, I, I believe that they have something that they're working on. Now, I could be completely wrong. <laughs> they might go into the season with Jermaine Illuminor, and he might end up being terrible. And then, you know, we come back to the conversation and say, hey, um, yeah, our bad, but I, I think that I think that they have something that they're working on. So that's why I haven't really started pounding the table. Now, if we get to this point next week, <laughs> and the biggest question is still the offensive line, and it sounds like reports out of practice that you know the offensive line may be pra- uh, struggling a little bit, then there may be some more more concerns. But I think something's I think they got something cooking. So uh, I could uh, I could appreciate that. Let's get one more quick call in before we take a break. Let's talk to our guy Raider Mac. Welcome to the show, my my, my man. What up, Q? What up, Doc? What's going on? Chilling, man. Hey, you, you gave DeMond a day off, man? Yeah, he uh, he, he filled in during JT the Brick show uh, with Adam yeah. Hill, so he he's, I didn't want him yeah, to do double heard, duty. I heard him over there. I I was just messing with him. You know, he's <laughs> a basketball star. Hey, Q, one, one of the things that's intriguing to me is the secondary. I, I, I think a lot of people uh, have, so far have not given us a lot of credit in that secondary. But you know what? I got to give Abrams credit. I can tell you, majority of Raider Nation didn't think Abrams was going to make make it on this team or start. Uh, and anybody that's saying that they thought he was, they 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 making that up because a lot of people thought Abrams was gone uh, once McDaniel came in. But I, that's my intriguing uh, thing. And um, where where are you going to be at for uh, the uh, game next Sunday? Uh, are you going to have a, a, a show outside? Outside or, or it's going to be inside. I'll uh, thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. Yeah, I'll be inside at the torch, uh, the pregame pregame show, which is four hours before the actual kickoff, and then uh, so I'll do two hours, then I'll pass the sticks on to Eric Allen and JT the Brick for the official pregame show, and they'll lead you right up to kickoff. So I'll be at the torch for the first couple hours. As far as the secondary goes, I'm with you. I'm intrigued by the secondary as well. That's why we had a couple former uh, DBs on the show today. Gerard Cherry, we already heard from. Mark McMillan, we'll hear from at 3.30. Uh, I'm intrigued by him as well. And I, uh, the one thing about Jonathan Abram I've been saying is I'm intrigued to see how Patrick Graham uses him. And the way he's used him so far in training camp of the preseason is exactly the way that we know he could play at a very high level. So I think that I think that they're they're putting him in position to succeed. And that's all you can ever ask your coaches to do, right? Put the player in position to succeed, and they'll go out and there do that. Don't put a guy out there to do something that he doesn't do. So I'm I'm excited to see exactly what they can you know what they could build on with Jonathan Abram out there. We know he's a hard hitter. We know he's a really short tackler. Just got to put him in the right position. Don't put him on an island that he doesn't need to be on. You know, it's like don't throw me in the deep deep end of the water because I don't swim. Right? So it's just don't do it, right? Let me stand on the shore. 255 is the time. When we come back, hour number two of the show, Nick Shook from NFL Network will join us. Talk all things NFL. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.